0: All right. Uh, welcome to another episode of the uh, Coach and Roleplay Podcast. Today I have an incredible guest here. On anybody who doesn't know uh, about the Ferry name, uh, we're going to get into this a little bit. But I have Patrick Ferry here, who is a uh, son of the uh, of Mike Ferry. If anybody doesn't know who that name out there is, if you're watching this podcast, you're probably under a rock. Uh, but uh, anyhow, welcome to the uh, Coach and Roleplay Podcast. Great. Thanks, Alex. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. For sure we we did some coaching with you um a couple years back and before we were in the you know the back office of the studio here we were talking a little bit out we still use the stuff uh that you brought to us it had a lot to do with uh, personality types and uh, we still train into that helping people understand the different personality types how to talk to them and so forth but kind of starting off here i would like if we could kind of set the ground here for um talk to us a little bit about your background um you know, a little bit of the lineage of the, of the Ferry family. And, uh, I know some people out there would like to ultimately hear what it was like to be at that kitchen table, but just a little bit about the, the Ferry household and the coaching name that you guys have. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. I started
1: working with my dad's company, I think when I was 27, 28. And at that time, you know, uh, Tom, was my brother, Tom Ferry was running the company and my oldest brother Matthew Ferry was really into the NLP and was bringing the NLP and a lot of the scripts and skills advanced scripts and skills training into the industry and so they were all crushing it and I was doing some other stuff so I decided to jump over and join the family business and uh and it was fun and then I got to go travel around the the country um you know it, with my brothers teaching script skills training And, uh, you know, I did that for many years and then, you know, I kind of, my goal was to earn the position of being able to be a coach. Cause you know, uh, you know, 20 years ago, that coaching position was something that was very coveted. There was, you know, there wasn't very many of them out there. And then, you know, 2000 and I think six, you know, my brother, Tom's Tom, you know, basically started his own company and I stayed on with my dad's company And we moved to Las Vegas. I ran what was called the prospecting school at that time. And I ran the prospecting school and I'd had, you know, four or 5,000 agents come in, spend two days with me. We booked appointments back in their marketplace inside of my facility. And it was wildly successful. It's still happening today. I think I highly recommend it if someone needs to kind of go put themselves in a position to get over the hump over the phone. And then In 2000, I think it was like 2011 or so, um, I started getting into digital marketing and I started to really start to explore this whole online marketing world and what does that look like? How does it work? And then I then left my dad's company in 2012 and then joined Tom's company because I really wanted to go deeper in that whole world of marketing, you know, what's going on online and how does that all work? And then, uh, you know, then I married a real estate agent and, uh, in San Diego, California. And then, you know, I actually ended up, once we started having babies, I actually got my license in San Diego and I was, you know, a rookie agent and, uh, got to be a real estate for five years. And then somewhere around 2020, I basically, you know, my wife was like, I'd like to go back to selling homes. And I was like, I suck at selling homes. I love coaching and training. I'd love to be back full time. And so, you know, around 2020, I forget what it was. I kind of went back full time as a coach trainer. And then today I've been building out my YouTube channel and, you know, trying to provide as much value there. And then also I coach about 68 clients right now with underneath my brother's brand, the Tom Ferry International Coaching Company. And, you know, I've got clients all over the place and and it's been a lot of fun. You know, 2020 was wild. 2021 was even more wild, more money, less transactions and very exciting. And then 2022, obviously, you know, things started to shake out. And, uh, right. so it's pretty fun right now to work on everybody's plan for 2023. And how do we have a meaningful plan that actually makes sense? Something that is a plan that's useful. It's clear. It's not BS. It's not a BHAG. It's something that someone can lean on and, 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 and actually have it guide them to success in 2022. So that's where we stand today. Right. And so, you know, that's the, I think that's the, the short story of the last 20 years.
0: Man, you encapsulated that well. Um, there's just so much to potentially unpack in there. I want to, uh, that little piece in there where what was that like to go after all those years of, you know, being around the table and hearing your dad and hearing your brother and being a part of the scripting just, you know, in call centers or what have you, and then actually making that transition and going out and being in a, and doing the agent thing. What, what was that like? It was wild. Um, you know, because
1: there's, and I think all agents have this, there's all these different schools of thought. There's all these different lead generation systems. And today it's more confusing than ever. And I actually, in that first six months experienced that because I was like, I have the whole buffet and I, you know, I have some experience with all of it. And what I found was in the first six months was I completely failed miserably because I was kind of trying all kinds of different things versus just leaning in on what I knew worked and what I was already good at. And so my first six months was a disaster. And then I defaulted to the things that I know how to do, which was make calls to expires and FISBOs and, and list properties. So I regenerated my business there. Then I started kind of working on the open house conversion strategy. I've tinkered a lot, you know, we met and we're, I was tinkering a lot with how to convert the, the lower cost internet lead and uh, that's been a, a really interesting game versus the high cost, the Zillows and the realtor.coms. Um, and so then, but I really mastered geographic farming, open houses, which added to my uh, expired in FISBO. And so in, in those first five years, those were kind of my main successful lead generation sources. And then uh, and my wife and father-in-law, who were my business partners, they were great at open houses, great with uh, geographic farming. And then they built a lot of success with their past clients and centers of influence. Since I didn't know San Diego, I knew no one really here. All, all I knew is every agent in San Diego is friends. There was no, uh, There was no center of influence or past client business for me. So that's how I became successful. Then I started to build up the team and started to kind of grow the team. I got, you know, the team up to about 1.3 in GCI, 56 sales. And then, then we just unraveled then we unraveled it just because of, you know, kind of family business dynamics and whatnot. Right. So that then, you know, here we are today, down back to full-time coaching and training.
0: It's funny, man. It's like, uh, so the first six months you were that agent with that, as you call it, the buffet in front of you <laughs> yeah. of, of all the different shiny objects. Isn't that, isn't that incredible that someone with your pedigree and your background and knowledge base of like, here's the things that work and you still fell victim to the shiny object chasing things and then went back to basics.
1: Yeah. It's really like doing too many things. And I think today I still experience that. And I'm sure you can relate to this as a very successful uh, person is you, you kind of start adding too many things to your plate and you start to be really poor performance at all of them. And then you have to swiddle back down to what you know works and then go back all in. And then you can slowly add from there again. And then you, if you start adding too much, all of a sudden, all your performance and metric goes down again. And so, you know, you you talk about, you know, part of my job as a coach is to help people to defend against that, right? That's like a big part of my current coaching plan is saying no to, no, you can't do that. No, I don't care about that last event that you went to. and the six things that you're excited about, you, we still have to stay the course on the the two or three things that really make all the money and just continue to get better at those and make those more uh, kind of replicatable, scalable before we can add that next great idea. That's like a majority of my coaching these days.
0: If st- is just getting people to stay on the idea and the focus of what the agreement was, this is what we were going, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. And to be really clear is, here's
1: what you actually do that works. And here's how you make money and to make sure that we are doing everything in our power to scale what they are already good at and scale that up and get as much out of it as we possibly can, right? Right. A lot of people actually, you know, I think for a lot of the newer agents that, that might be out there, or the agents that are kind of in that in between Alex, they, they actually don't know what they're good at yet. And they don't know what actually works in their marketplace. And so they're, and they actually, ha- they, it's there. It's in, it's within their grasp. And in the, and, you know, in, in the business planning season, this is the time to recognize what that is. You do a transaction by transaction audit. And you have to be very mindful. How did I get this client? What did I do? How did that work? Was it was it face to face? Was I good over the phone? Was it a buyer? Was it a listing? Was it a what type of lead type was it? And if we can kind of identify what's working in your marketplace, plus when do you perform really well? When are you natural? That's the I call it the riddle. If we can solve that riddle, then we can go all in on it. And so this is the time of year that everybody needs to do that self-analysis, right? And just go way more in on what they're good at and just, you know, avoid the stuff that's just distraction.
0: I love that, man. A transaction by transaction audit, really looking at forensically what worked within each transaction. What did you actually do and pinpointing that? And what you're saying is when you pinpoint that and then you, then you continue to go all in on that. Yes. Yes. Now, how do we get training, coaching to expand that
1: and create more opportunities to have me in a position where I'm successful? How do I, you know, from the success, how do I, you know, get two or three more transactions or more clients from that one success? And so it's like, how do we really double and triple down on those efforts as opposed to adding new things to the equation, complete new systems, complete new lead generation? That's where all the failure is, right?
0: It, and I love that. So we're right at that cusp of where the failure happens, taking on things. This is what I'm hearing, taking on things past um, where you already know you have success. And we're as an entrepreneur, <clears throat> which I think real estate agents are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you want to try new things and risk, you know, uh, inherently entrepreneurialism has a a, a whole component of risk around it. So how do you critically, how how do you move through that? How do you move through where it's like, this is working really well, but I want to scale or I want to grow. So I believe I need to add some other things where, how do you minimize that failure within that?
1: Yeah. So there's one quick analogy for one client that is a, uh, a great client of mine, who I think is my longest Tom Berry coaching client. I think we've been we've been working together now I think 9 years. Okay? EXP agent Mike Atkins over in New Jersey. Mike is a high entrepreneur exactly like you said. He has a very high risk tolerance. But what I love about Mike is he'll try the new thing, but he we will evaluate its success within 90 days and he is fast to shut it down. Or to pivot. So the high entrepreneur, as long as they can try the new thing, but as long as they shut it down within 90 days, if it's not Mm -hmm. working and cancel the service and, you know, and make sure that you negotiate up front. Let's say if you bought something very expensive and you're in a dividend run, that's fine. So we've, with Mike, we've tested thousands of things with him, but he's Fast to shut it down when it's clear it's not going to work, and that is you know and it's through that evolution of the the failure where you learn the lessons, you learn what works and you learn what doesn't, and you just keep going with him, I have to then shut him down once we know what works is to go deeper, but you know he kind of has that mentality where he, he just wants to keep trying the next thing as like you know once you've tried enough things, you figure out what works and okay, now let's go. Let's, let's scale that thing. Right. And that's where it gets tricky. I
0: love, well, there's the, thank you for that nugget because that, the, that should help the audience right there is that measuring is critical, right? Be, be good at accounting and that's not just your P and L accounting for what is working and what is not working and be ready to fire quickly if you will. Right. Yes, exactly. Shut it down. Right. Yeah. I love that man. Drag it out. So within the context of that, so we're talking, we're getting a little off onto uh, shiny objects and new things, which we'll, we'll, we'll kind of keep it on that. Yet, what do you find? Um, Because you've seen now multi generate you've seen decades of different coaching styles, and what's the latest and greatest and newest? What What do you find is still working? And then, you know, what? moving forward are the new coaches looking at to add to what is working existing now let me share just the the
1: kind of my framework right now for what i'm and then you know because this will be helpful right what i'm basically doing with everybody is we have to have a past client center of influence repeat and referral plan period right and whether or not that's to expand your sphere if you don't have one If you're new, how do we earn trust and respect from your community so that they could see you as really a real estate professional that has some value, right? But we got to figure out how to increase quality engagement with our community and expand our business there. So that's number one is, so, you know, whether or not that was by, you know, Buffini program by referral, whatever, like everybody needs to have a high quality past client center, bid plot's plan to increase the business there. Okay. That's number one. That's number two. My foundation is the ge- some version of a geographic farm, right? We all should be figuring out how to get more listings and business within a geographic region in which we live. It doesn't make sense that we don't list and sell more properties within the proximity of the area that we live in, right? You know the marketplace inside and out. You are the best pro for that area because you live there. You know everybody. You know everything. You actually have the highest value to the customer, whether or not it's a listing and or a buyer. And so how are we meaningfully scaling that business and getting more market share within the geographic territory that you live? Starting small, going big, it doesn't really matter. That's foundation number two. Foundation number three, for me, is really the the digital marketing game, right? And that's kind of where you and I at net, right, is in the digital marketing space, which is how do we have meaningful online lead generation and conversion? And the mission that I've always been on, which is really the mission of uh, kind of the really more of what I now refer to as the inbound agent, inbound agent where we're doing more content education marketing. And that is attracting new clients. And then we actually increase the conversion rate versus low cost, pay per click style. People don't know me, and that I try and get on the phone and convert a stranger. So I've been having a lot more fun in the digital marketing space to build out more of the kind of SEO per, per se inbound lead generation. Okay. Google business profile, YouTube, website, right? It's the Google trifecta is what I'm working on. So digital marketing, social media, I've not seen to ever really be truly a success uh, platform. Um, Contrary to what everybody talks about, I don't see it. I feel like it's a monumental waste of time because I don't have an exact formula I can't measure exactly do these six things and you will create clients. Mm. And if I, if there's no framework or a sales funnel for a how to create a client, then as far as I'm concerned, then that's, a, I'm wasting my time. Now, mm. did I generate a lot of sales from social media? Yes, but one very specific way agent to agent referrals. So if I actually, you know, if we, if we looked at Alex and we interviewed, you know, the 50 most successful agents on social media. And you asked them one clear question What percentage of the business that you garnered from social media was an agent agent referral versus someone organically inside of your community discovering your social media platform and calling you to work with them? It'd be overwhelming agent agent referral every single time. And that's why all the top agents love doing it. Is because that's where all the agents are, and so if you're not if you're running a social media game plan and you're not mindful of H H referrals, I feel like you're probably wasting a ton of time. Versus the Google trifecta, Google Business Profile, it's exactly clear what to do there, right? YouTube SEO, it's exactly crystal clear there. It generates huge amounts of income. I interviewed Ken Posick on my on my uh, on my YouTube channel. He did, you know. I think he did 40s, 38% of his business this year is leads that reach out to him who found them on YouTube. And I think it's somewhere in the realm of 1.6 million in GCI, which represents the 38%. That is a very specific and clear formula. I'm teaching it all nonstop to all my clients, helping people scale up and, and make huge amounts of money for free. It's great. Right. You website SEO works like a charm if you actually understood it. So that's, those are clear digital marketing pathways to success, right? And then leveraging email marketing to be able to support those efforts. It's really easy stuff. Took me five years to figure out how to get it done, but the models are there for us today. So digital marketing is the last one. Mm-hmm. And then of course, number four would be, what is your direct consumer strategy? So direct to consumer, are you a prospector, right? I have quite a few great prospectors in my, you know, call the, like, this is going to be a great year for expireds. It's going to be a great year for FSBOs. It's going to be so fun. Last two years, it was phenomenal for the absentee owners. Absentee owners, we killed absentee on our phone calls and we generated tons of great listings for absentee owners and, or, you know, this open houses will become a thing again. So direct to consumer at the open house, pick up the buyer, and go sell them a house, meet some more neighbors, try and get a listing appointment from meeting the neighbors from the open house. So we need to have a direct to consumer that you can just lean on, right? If all of the rest of this stuff is not working, you've got nothing to do with the direct to consumer game. And so it's it really, that's kind of my framework of, okay, here's what I wanna make sure all my coaching clients have these four kind of main components. And of of course, you know, kind of customized by them, their skill sets, their resources, their age in the business, their marketplaces. You know, we obviously got to make adjustments for everybody. Some people will mm-hmm. be higher, you know, more business with past clients here. Some people more business geo farm. Some people pick on digital. Some people are really good with their direct consumer. Doesn't really matter. But those are kind of the four main uh, lead generation plans that I'm working on, right? And then. You know, I think in the in the uh you know kind of EXP, Keller Williams, you know, these where we're really looking at the the other coaching is how to scale, right? How do you build a big organization? And uh and that's, you know, I think they're that's a very specific type of coach, right? That is someone who really can help you build an organization and scale that. And so I, I think there's a lot on recruiting these days, you know, for if I was you know with the XP or Keller Williams or real or whatever this is you know how do I build a big community and create this awesome community of you know great people like yourself who are working with a bunch of people and you know trying to lift them all up to a higher level of success like that's you know a beautiful business model as well so you know I think you know there's there's a lot going on right now in the industry and uh I just highly recommend is you know kind of Everybody's got to be more mindful about how they they choose that coach, trainer, group, community, you know, leadership and do a little bit, you know, kind of Gary B, more self-awareness about who you are, your strengths, your weaknesses, and then what business model makes the most sense for you short-term versus long-term. And that's hard to
0: do. You know what I mean? That's, that's not easy. It's not easy to come to that conclusion. Well, you're here to you're here to help us make it easy, and that's such a great segue, man. Um, so when someone is, I mean, I mean, I have to believe that you believe that ongoing coaching, whether it's your first year or your thirtieth year, are we on the same page with this? That you believe that you should have coaching no matter what point you are in your career? Absolutely. I yeah. want more. Co- I want more coaches in more aspects <laughs> of my life. You know what I mean? I don't want less.
1: I want more, right? And so, and again, you know, if we touch talk about coaching, it's more like mentorship leadership its community there's you know and there's two types of coaching i find there's there is someone who is a model right like my last coach with tom berry he was a he had a very specific expertise and i wanted him as my coach to help me to make progress with that expertise right and so sometimes that's a really good choice you know as we get older and more seasoned in the business, you, you're looking for specific expertise, right? Or if you are newer to the business, you really need someone to kind of help you make quality decisions and to help you kind of narrow your focus and to make money and to, to start getting this business rolling. So maybe it's a, a lead generation, you know, expert that can really help you build your your confidence and grow your income. Some people need that kind of, personal development coach. You know what I mean? Like my life's kind of in shambles. I'm talented, but you know, I need someone to really help me through some of my challenges, help me through some of my mindset issues, help me to, you know, kind of achieve my personal performance greatness. Right. So there's a variety of things, you know, in terms of the coaching world that people can take advantage of right i i'm looking at joining a new uh, a new community i was looking at it today cuz there's a there's a particular expertise that i'm looking to acquire this year and and it'll make me money so i'm like okay i'm trying to find who's the best for to help me fast forward that process mm-hmm. so i'm about to join a new community and pay them for training and participate cuz i just want to i want to acquire this skill set i want to acquire this knowledge, I could do it on my own, but just I'd rather be a part of a community to scale that thing faster. I can clearly see the path to this new skill to a lot more income. And so, you know, I'll be, you know, paying out another thing this year. I'm planning on next year paying, uh, Daryl Eves uh, has a training program and it's 5,000 bucks for for 13 weeks because he is, you know, world-class YouTube expert of the world now like he works with you know uh, mr beast you know so it's like yeah i'm gonna pay him five grand to be a part of his training program to kind of figure out how i could speed up my youtube strategy right so there's a lot of different ways that people need to really look at the resources that are out there in the industry and just you know and let's let's speed up our progress faster
0: right i love that man i mean it's the old school stuff it no matter what, the past clients and the geo farming that should be a cornerstone of anyone's business. Just kind of backtracking a little bit, like I, yeah. I love the four. So we got the past clients, geo, digital marketing, and then you brought in social, but also then kind of the direct to consumer in there as well. Would you say the two cornerstones would be the sphere past clients, or if you don't have any past clients, really cultivating your sphere, getting that marketing out to them directly, a G- geo farming and then start working on the digital stuff? Yeah, it's, digital farming is last.
1: It's really what it boils down to for me. Right now as I'm going through all of, I'm going through each one of these pillars with all my coaching clients, I'm, I'm just like digital marketing is last, right? Because I need to make sure that their past client sphere is generating enough income, their geo farms are generating enough income, their direct consumer, whether that's open house or expired or FISBO, whatever it is, absentee owner, make sure that, that foundation is solid because the digital marketing stuff takes forever to kind of build those skills and build up the asset to where it starts to really perform. I mean, the fastest thing I've seen is really the YouTube SEO strategy is the fastest digital marketing strategy that produced a, a result, the quickest, but everything else takes a while, right? So we got to get our foundation set before we go, you know, kind of work on some of these other long-term kind of asset building things.
0: Well, they, we are the correct consumer leader.
1: is, you know, buying a bunch of realtor.com leads and converting us, right? That's fine. You know, I don't care. It doesn't really matter.
0: Well, exactly into that, as I was going to say, we are the coach and role play podcast here. And one of the things that we really uh, emphasize for the people on our team and our community is to do role play. So into those realtor.com leads and in that, you know, high level cost lead, which is the Zillow lead, truly a lead dot realtor.com portal leads, as I call them. And, um, what, how important do you think that role play and scripting is even for that maybe fifth year, 10th year agent to kind of hone, continue to hone the skills? Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I think
1: the, is really a part of being in, in, in our community, the collective intelligence within the real estate community is incredible. And so if we're not engaged and accessing the collective intelligence through relationships with other real estate agents. That's a major mistake, right? And so part of that relationship is the relationship of, of practicing what to say, what problems are out there, what customers are, where we're getting feedback. What questions do the, do people have for us today? How do we engage meaningful and significant conversations? And we as a group need to develop and constantly be refining how we do that more efficiently and more effectively. So that's really the practice of role play. It's also part of masterminding, right? It's part of what I do every day with my coaching clients. Tell me, what did you say on that listing appointment? How did you present that with your, you know, how did you present this really cool, clever thing? How did you present that, right? Hey, we're, you're going to shoot another video about the housing market. Let's go through kind of what you wrote down in terms of your notes. Let's, let's kind of hash that out together to make sure that you're presenting yourself with your best foot forward. You know, I'm engaged in this kind of back and forth dialogue every single day with all my coaching clients and I, and they are in their masterminds. Hey, what are you guys saying right now in the listing appointment? What are you saying at the door? How are you inviting, you know, a neighbor to an open house? What are you saying at the open house? What are you saying to the expired? What are you saying about the market right now? Right? Tell me more about what you're saying. Okay, cool. Let me practice that back to you. I'd like to, you know, figure out how to say it like you said it or say it better than I'm saying it today, and then collectively we're all getting better together because of these relationships, right? Because of the sharing and the communication back and forth, right? How do we serve our buyers and sellers more effectively with all these interesting challenges going on, right? How are we explaining the 2-1 buy-down? How are we explaining that? How are you presenting that to a buyer, right? How are you explaining what's happening with the interest rates? Well, how are you explaining? I'd love to hear that so that I could learn some things from you. And let me tell you some of the things that I'm saying that have been working Let me tell you some of the questions I'm receiving that I'm struggling with. How would you answer those? And let's kind of, let's build this, you know, community where we are, you know, kind of masterminding and figuring out how to serve our customers more effectively, right? We are in the communication business, right? So if we're not practicing the art and the skill and improving our knowledge through all the great resources around us, that's a huge mistake, right?
0: Do you think... Within to that, so you talked about 2020, 2021, I think that the realtor population increased by 40 something percent. Um, I saw something similar back in 2005 and six, and I'm not making a a comparison as far as a meltdown or anything, but I'm making comparison as far as a melt up, I guess, if you will, or an inflation of the realtors out there. One of the things that I saw back then, it's similar to what we just went through, uh, and the experts are the experts and and the people that have been around have been around and they're only going to grow more. Um, do you think that going through something, what, like we just went through here in 2020 almost kind of dilutes, um, the collective, uh, professionalism, uh, meaning that you can you know, you, you can just basically put something up on MLS with dirty clothes on the bed and it would sell, or you could be a buyer's agent and just learn how to basically do an escalation clause and, you know, FOMO almost moved the market. You didn't have to be a good salesperson. you just... Right bought into the collective you need to buy a house yeah. so do you think that a couple of years two or three years of that waters it down and then um how do we c- come out of that or what do you see what do you see coming out of that
1: yeah big time for sure um an example of that is uh and on my youtube channel alex too for everybody i i, I did two videos on i had to rethink how to get a price reduction and i had to rethink what do we need to do in our weekly seller report of a listing that's not selling? So I had to go back into my archives because we haven't had to even had that conversation for two years. And so I was like, I, I totally forgot. What is a weekly seller report? What is that price reduction conversation look like? Right. So, you know, that is super important. Then of course, you know, now, you know, and I've always been, big and bullish on a buyer consultation, right? You know, that that's, you know, what we were training with your, your group, like, like now more than ever, a buyer consultation is important because we really need to kind of help them answer all of their questions and put them in a good position to be able to, you know, buy a home that they can afford and deal with all stuff, all of these kind of variables that are really kind of complex right now. Now in, you know, Yes, in the last two years, everybody really wanted to buy. Like if you, you know, in the surveys they showed that, you know, was was, you know, is now a good time to buy. And all the surveys in 20, you know, kind of at the end of 2020 and the end of in 2021, they were like, everybody agreed that now is a good time to buy. Right. Here we are in 2022. The surveys are showing now is not a good time to buy. So the buyer consultation is no longer, hey. How do I make sure that you write an offer that gets accepted because you absolutely have fervor and you want to buy regardless. Now I have much more complexity to deal with. So we got to answer a lot more questions. We got to talk about is now a good time to buy? What's the difference between 2020 and 2022 in terms of the rates? How does this play out? You know, how are we going to negotiate? How does, you know, is is the short term really scary, or is the long term okay? Like, there's all the stuff that we've now got to address, and um, you know, we know that in 2022 there will be less significantly less transactions in 2021, and I would just anticipate that we have that same lower transaction count in 2023. Right? That means all of us need to do a better job now of tracking more opportunities to sell the same number of homes. And also we're going to have a lot more new objections, new questions to answer that we need to get better at in our role plays so that we can help people to get over the hump, to buy the home, sell their house and make that transition that they want to make. Right. And so, you know, in the previous market, there was a lot of want to, Hey, I want to sell my house. If I can sell my house for this much more, I can buy that next house with a low interest rate. Everybody was like, great. No problem. Oh, you want that? Well, I can get you more than that. And oh, on the next house that you buy, we can get you an even lower interest rate than you got. So anyone that had a want to buy or sell, it was easy. Now it's really, you have to, there's only have two buyers and sellers, right? I have to make this move. I have to do this for my family. I have this job transfer. I have to buy, you know, like, starting a family, like now it's all have to. So in terms of less sales, it'll just be less of that kind of want to, you know, cheap access to capital, you know, everything's appreciating 10% every 15 seconds, (laughs) right? That's all gone. And so now it's just real buyers, real sellers who have to do things. And so, you know,
0: yeah. Well, you, you 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 keep coming back to the buyer consult, and what comes up for me, you know, within the question, and you you answered it perfectly. Uh, it's the questions, right? So that's what's going to distinguish between that professional and the person that kind of just got their license and doesn't maybe want to work on their skills. Uh, one of the things that we really talk a lot about, and and you brought it up here, is what is that dominant buying motive or that dominant selling motive, right? And, um, I just, I think you hit it right on the head, man. It it comes down to better questions. You know, as Tony Robinson say, the quality of your life is going to be predicated by the uh, quality of the questions that you ask. So being that professional, I love what you brought up, man. It's the have-tos and you got to work with the have-tos, not the, well, should I, should I not, I don't, I think you really got to hone in on those have-tos. I love that, man. That's such a big nugget for me here. Um, so, so moving forward within that. Um, when we talk about dominant buying motives and we talk about dominant selling motives, um what are kind of like to you the questions like talk to the audience like what, what if we I'm not gonna role play here, but you know give me kind of maybe your top three questions in either of those categories that would help you kind of uncover whether somebody's looking definitely to buy or sell that have to if you will
1: um it- yeah, I, I'm, I'm not as much in the uh, specific scripting, you know, uh, skill sets as much as I used to spend a lot of time in that. and um, But it's really, you know, I would just more concept, which is, you know, motivation is really you have a strong reason why and you have a time frame. Mm. And so those are the two things I'm looking for. Is there a strong enough reason why to buy, to sell? And do they have a time frame with a real time frame with real uh, consequences? And so, you know, we knowing what we have to get, then the question sets are really about how do we open that conversation up? You know, if it's a stranger and you're talking to them first time, that's a whole different skill set, right? And versus kind of a lead that you've been following up on that you haven't actually figured it out. They said they expressed interest in buying you stay to surface. What do you want? How do you want it? You know, oh, what areas are you looking in? Let me set you up on a listing alert. And I've got, you know, 40 people set up on a listing alert. And I have no idea if any of them actually have a real motivation and or a real time frame. But I've had great conversation. I probably showed property with a bunch of them. And then what most of the agents do is by default is they figure out the real motivation over time through showings. let's not do that in this environment right. that's the kiss of death right so we really need to you know practice honing the skill of you know how do we have a you know how do mm-hmm. we gain respect with a stranger and then ask quality questions to get them to reveal the reason why and their time frame I the reason why we got to practice that Alex is because, I don't want to give a salesperson my real motivation that hasn't earned the respect and trust yet. Very few people are going to do that. They're going to kind of guard it yeah. and I'm going to hold it back because why would I want to reveal my real motivation to a salesperson? All they're going to do is they're going to sell me and I don't want that. So this is all happening subconsciously on the back end. So part of our skill practice is how do we, you know, build rapport? How do we? Ask some easy questions. How do we gain some respect by sharing some cool things that help them to feel comfortable with us and then move our way right into some of those bigger questions? You know, tell me what's important about buying a home. You know, tell me about, you know, where were you guys planning on moving to? You're not entirely sure yet, right? Yep, we're not sure yet. We're still exploring. Were you planning on staying in the area? Were you guys gonna move out? You know, that's the big question these days. Yeah, we're probably gonna move out of the area. That's great. We'll you know, what are some of the, the, the areas that you guys are exploring right now? Oh, we're looking at this, that, and the other wonderful. And, you know, have you seen anything you guys liked yet? Right. Have you, you know, what was the last time that you guys visited those marketplaces? What, you know, what's the time frame and what you're planning on visiting those places if they're moving out of the area. Right. Cool. Tell me, you know, well, what's important about that? And, you know, what's happening over there, job transfer life. Oh, you know, grandkids, job, blah, 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 blah right. It's like, so how do we, you know, casually and comfortably, you know, have these really real conversations, be more curious and get deeper with people that, you know, we got to practice that. Everything I just did right there is 20 years of practice and skill and writing and role play, right? I can do that loosely just because I've been doing it for so long, right? If, if people are not comfortable there, they need to really kind of work on writing better questions, looking at the order, practicing with partners and, saying, Alex, why don't you, I'm going to ask you this question. If you sell this home, where would you go next? And I want you to be super aloof for at least three questions deep, right? Right. And then I'll practice going, you know, like we should be practicing. You you never close. If someone says, Hey, can I come take a look at your property and show you what I would do to sell your home?" you know, Monday or Wednesday at four, you never say yes. For the first time you need to say at least three things, which is, let me talk to my spouse. Let me check my schedule and can you send me some information? I just want to practice those three things every single time until I was fluid with them because those are just, you know, naturally going to show up.
0: Love it, man. You bring it full circle back to role play.
1: I know. Yeah. Well, you know, it does. Again, you know, after 20 years, and I think you can appreciate this after 20 years or so, you know, we spent the first 10 years really developing all those fundamental skills And then we start working on all these other interesting dynamic things. And too many new agents that have never developed those fundamental skills will go straight to the dynamic stuff and get crushed. And we know that that's a pathway to disaster. So we've got to be very careful of that.
0: Yeah. Well, one last fire question here is what are you reading right now, man? Um, I just finished Joe
1: Polish's book, What's in It for Them? So Joe Polish, who's genius network phenomenal Guerrilla marketing and uh so you know that's a brand new book what's in it for them and it's really a genius kind of networking marketing building relationships style book with some really really good insights in that um so i highly recommend that just finish that um i just did uh there's a guy who wrote a uh, hundred and what was it uh, about a million, a million followers and um I mean, yeah. he wrote a book called Hook Point. I just finished that. That was actually pretty good. Brendan Kane. I, I did not like the uh, million followers. That's, you know, it's all social media stuff and just, it's nothing of interest to me at this point.
0: That's Brendan Kane. Brandon Kane. Yeah. 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 His Hook Point book was phenomenal. Was okay. Excellent. excellent. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm reading right now a million followers in 30 days and, uh, Yeah, just kind of grabbing a couple of nuggets here or there. Yeah, Uh, I think for for you and I, it's good stuff for us to just kind of listen to it, just to kind of, you
1: know, refresh some things that we knew, maybe get some additional insights or kind of improve some of the things that we're already doing. But I'm not finding tremendous value personally.
0: Yeah, I think for the individual to leave it on, leave it on this, you know, this is the next level of coaching. I appreciate hearing that from you. Um, you know, is what are the influencers out there doing? How do you get the message out at scale? And I think that's kind of like where I'm trying to figure that out, that influence influencer side. Um, well, listen, man, I know you have a super tight schedule. I I can't thank you enough, Patrick. You've been fantastic. If people want to uh, consume any of your content, uh, what is your YouTube channel and uh, any other places that people can check out what you're doing? My YouTube channel is the place, you know. Just if you just Google,
1: you know, Coach Patrick Ferry YouTube, you'll you'll find me. And then I I occasionally send out, and I think you responded to one of the last ones. I occasionally send out an email, which I literally only put. Here's my latest videos. Here's my latest insights. Here's my you know best resources, and I try and keep that very structured. I don't send it out very often, Um, and I just try and make it as valuable for resource as humanly possible. So. You can just sign up for my newsletter from my YouTube channel. And then all my contact information is all there as well. So I don't do a lot on social media, you know, as, as we as we know. I just got back from Mexico and I have a bunch of really beautiful photos. and I didn't even post it to Instagram. So, you know, <laughs> but I certainly have enjoyed looking at them on my phone, right? But I do, I love Instagram for really that reason of just kind of keeping track of you know, kind of having a nice portfolio of all the great experiences that we have. I think that's so beautiful, right? Yeah. You know, using it as a lead generation platform. Yeah. Yeah. Take it or leave it.
0: Yeah. All right, man, you rock. Great to you've see been, you. Uh, you've been amazing, man. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, till the next time, thank you again uh, for you I tonight. Look forward you. To it. I look forward to it. See ya.